0: As resurrection people, we time and again turn to the trusted Word of God to help us be encouraged as we live this life as God's saints. One of the Psalms is our text today, Psalm 34. I'll be reading verses 1 through 10, and then verse 22. And we'll re- reference to some of the middle verses along the way today. Let us hear God's word to us. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name forever together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, And he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. And God's people said, Amen. When you hear the words roundabout, what comes to mind? Perhaps you might think of the many new intersections around our county here in Chesterfield or around other parts of metropolitan Richmond or other cities you might have visited. You don't have to drive too far around here to encounter a roundabout. They're being constructed as an alternative to traditional intersections with traffic signals. And if you've lived in Richmond any amount of time, you know that the signal lights around here last a long time. Roundsabouts are supposed to help reduce accidents, to increase traffic flow, to help the environment, uh, to decrease fuel consumption so that we're not sitting at red lights so long. They cost less than traffic signals to maintain, and some of them, you can spruce them up a bit, and they are pretty to see with flowers and so forth. When I was teaching Isabella, our our daughter, to drive, we found several roundabouts in our county, and we liked practicing driving through them. There's one near Clover Hill High School. There's another at Winterfield near Salisbury, one over near the Arboretum at Arch, and several over there at Westchester Commons. At first, when we were doing our driving lessons, they were a bit intimidating, but Isabella quickly got the hang of it. I'm very proud of the young driver that she has become. Roundabout. Another thing I think of when I hear roundabout is back when I worked in Orangeburg, South Carolina for Farm Bureau Insurance Company. It's a very rural county, large like Chesterfield, but mostly rural, many dairy farms of which we insured. And back then when I had to drive out in the field to handle claims, there was no GPS our phones were about as big as a suitcase. They were bag phones. You remember those? Sat in the floorboard of the car. Mostly, only if you had an emergency, it had a spiral, um, you know, one of those wires attached to the hands, the headset. If I got lost while I was out and about, generally I would stop at a country store and go inside and ask for directions. And the clerk would say something like, "Oh, sure, just." Go left out of the parking lot and go down past the row of mailboxes. Take your first hard-surfaced road to the right. Then go round about three miles and take the dirt road just after the firehouse and the farm will be down there on the right. If you hit the fork in the road, well, you done missed it. Roundabout. And we don't have to look far for roundabouts in Scripture. There are a lot of them in the Bible, and there's one right here in Psalm 34. I like the King James Version, and it has taken on new meaning for me of late. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Roundabout. The Hebrew word translated roundabout is saviv. It means places round about you, a circuit, or from every side. And speaking of the Lord, it helps us to understand and to be reminded that the Lord is with us everywhere we go. He is always with us, that the Lord will never abandon us or forsake us. Though we might experience loss, though we might journey through the valley, the Lord is with us. He is roundabout. God roundabout. What was the significance of this for the author of the psalm? Some of your Bibles, like mine, might have a superscript below the heading of number 34, which tells you that. This psalm was authored by David, who authored many psalms, but that this psalm in particular is attributed to the time that he fled from King Saul to a cave in a place called Adullam. Remember that Saul was king over Israel, and after David had claimed that mighty victory over the giant Goliath, the Philistine, Saul became jealous of David. Apparently people were paying attention to David for what had happened and Saul grew jealous and tried to take David's life. Saul's son Jonathan and David were dear friends. They loved one another and Jonathan informed David of Saul's plans and David fled from Bethlehem and literally ran for his life. Through the desert of Judah, at one point he fled to a city called Gath, G-A-T-H, Gath, where Goliath was from, and he continued to go about the desert of Judah, fleeing from Saul. Listen to 1 Samuel 21, verses 10 through 15, which provide a little context that may have informed the writing of this psalm, and especially took form In the second Exodus, as the Jews were given religious freedom and allowed to come back home to their homeland from Babylonian exile. That day, David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands, but David his tens of thousands? David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Achish said to his servants, Look at the man. He's insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? After this, David fled Gath and withdrew to a city called Adullam, And there he hid in a cave to elude Saul and to plot his next moves. The cave perhaps was a sheep pen. I can only imagine what it was like for David as he fled Saul, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, afraid for his life. The writer of 1 Samuel reports that David's brothers and his father's household heard about this and went to him for support. And then all those who were in distress or in debt or disoriented gathered around him and he became their commander, David did. About 400 men were with him. From Adullam, David and the group fled to a place called Mitzbah and then to Moab. There David left his family and others in Moab where they were safe. But David continued to flee And a prophet of God instructed him to go farther into the land of Judah. So David continued to stay ahead of Saul in the wilderness of Judah. You can read more about this story later as you go through uh, 1 Samuel 22 and following. David even had the opportunity to, to kill Saul, but he spared him. He spared his enemy. For our purposes today, you get the picture of the context of this psalm. Perhaps as David is writing this beautiful prayer, he is reflecting back on this way that God had surrounded him with God's presence, that God was round about him. And these continue to inform the lives of Jesus' followers to this day. You get the picture of the God who later in the psalm is the one whose eyes are focused on the righteous and whose ears are attentive to their cry. David tells the story in the psalm of the God who is roundabout the God who encircles us with strength, the God who equips us with power, the God who encourages us with grace. The God who forgives when we fail, who refreshes when we are tired, who renews us when we are weak, who revives us when we feel depleted, and whose mercies are new every single morning. Great is thy faithfulness. This psalm is one of ten in the Psalter that are called acrostic psalms. Each line begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 characters in that alphabet. Uh, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit, and so forth. Much like we would teach our children in Sunday school today with an acrostic using A, B, C, D, and so forth. These kind of psalms were used to help instruct the Hebrew people of Torah, of God's laws, and how to memorize them and memorize Scripture and put it into practice. Psalm 34 was also used as a worship psalm. It's beautiful. Verses 1-3 through help us to sing praises to the Lord, not only as individuals, but also as a community. Did you hear that? Verse 3, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Worship is not only an individual experience, but it is communal. And we worship as God's saints here in this place and give thanks to Him for His wonderful presence. Verses 4 through 7 sing to His power to save and His continuing answers to prayer. Verses 8 through 14 are a little subsection of wisdom literature. There's some commands that help us to experience God. And I love how David put these there. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Verse 9, fear the Lord, you His saints. And Fear means to revere, to worship, not to be afraid of. Verse 11, come to the Lord and listen. Verse 12, keep your tongue from evil. Turn from evil, pursue peace, taste, fear come, keep, in just a few moments we will taste the bread and the cup that reminds us of the presence of our Lord Jesus and his sacrifice for us on the cross. Verses 15 through 18 remind us that God hears our prayers. And verses 19 through 21, David tells us how God delivers us from our troubles. From the line of David would come a Savior, and his name is Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He was born to save. This is God incarnate, God in the flesh. As Eugene Peterson says, that God came and dwelt among us. He moved into the neighborhood. God in the flesh. God roundabout. Who said, I am with you always until the very end of the age. Sisters and brothers, God is round about you and me. No matter where we are going through this life, God is round about you and me. Mendesa's song, He Is With You, describes this God who is round about. There's a hand to hold in the worst of things. He is with you when your faith is dead, and you can't even get out of bed, or your husband doesn't kiss you anymore. He is with you when your baby's gone and your house is still and your hearts are stoned, crying, God, what'd you do that for? He is with you. There's a time for yes and a time for no. There's a time to be angry and a time to let go. There's a time to run and a time to face it. There's love to see you through all this. He is with you in the conference room when the world is coming down on you and your wife and kids don't know you anymore. He is with you in the ICU when the doctors don't know what to do, and it scares you to the core. He is with you. We may weep for a time, but joy will come in the morning, the morning light. He is with you when your kids are grown, when there's too much space and you feel alone. And you're worried if you got it right or wrong. Yes, He is with you when you've given up ever finding your true love. Someone who feels like home, He is with you. When nothing else is left and you take your final breath, He is with you. Often I find that God is with me through the saints. The saints we've mentioned today and the saints beyond this church both the great cloud of witnesses who have gone before and those who are right here in this place. When I am at my weakest, you strengthen my feeble arms and my weak knees and make level paths for my feet. You are the saints. Thank you for how you love us. A little boy attended church with his grandfather one Sunday, and Grandpa's church had a uh, set of beautiful stained-glass windows. And Grandpa told his grandson that the windows contained pictures of St. Matthew, St. Mark, St. Luke, St. John, St. Paul, and many other saints from Scripture. When he got home, the boy told his mom and dad all about it and the boy's dad was curious and and said well what is a saint and the little boy thought for a moment and then he replied well a saint is somebody who lets light shine through what a perfect definition of a saint who are your saints Who are the people in your life who let the God of light, of love, shine through them that you might see? And how do you and me allow God's light to shine through us to others? Jesus said, we are the light of the world. And he gave us these elements of bread and cup to remind us that he's with us have gone before us, that great cloud of witnesses, and that we come together around your table, all who are welcome. And now as we continue in our worship, we pray that you would help us to hear your voice and to know that you are the God who is round about. Amen.